Welcome to Paradigm Shifters. My name is Veronica Entwistle. I'm an intuitive and energy counselor, and I'm fascinated on the workings of human beings. One of the exciting things about Paradigm Shifters is I'm privileged to interview a number of people that are pushing the envelope of their beingness. So I'm bringing you Patrick Toit, who's uh, quite a remarkable biochemist and found himself in a terrible health conundrum and started to explore what made his system tick and how he could fix it up. Lots of tests and blood tests and uh, you name it, he went through it all. But what he came up with was not only a healing diagnosis, but a lot of information that he shares with you and I and can make you and I both a lot stronger. For everyone who's listening, this is Patrick Toit of Concentrated K. And uh, maybe we should start off with you telling what Concentrated K means. And Patrick is actually a biochemist of growing renown. So you've probably been in renown for a long time. <laughs> but because you're of a, than, You're more than kind. <laughs> because of a great illness he had, which was going to reduce his life, and he had four years to live, he went off as a biochemist and learned how to change his life and make it uh, a viable and not a four-year opportunity. <laughs> so we're talking about concentrated case. So give people the, the thumbnail of what you did in that time, and then we'll get to work on this. Well, concentrated K is a product that is offered based on what the some of the top experts in the world in vitamin K told me. If you were ever going to make a product, this is what it would be like. So it has five milligrams of MK or K1, uh, 0.5 milligrams of MK7, and 25 milligrams of MK4, plus uh, a few milligrams of astaxanthin. And the nice thing about K is according to the experts, within reason, you can't take too much of it. And according to the experts, and when I first saw this at a conference in 2000, 2011 in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, it's I can safely say vitamin K is where vitamin D was 20 years ago. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Vitamin, vitamin D 20 years ago, nobody knew about it. Nobody talked about it. And this is where vitamin K is today, about where vitamin D was 20 years ago. Hmm. And it's an omnivitamin. It, it does a whole host of different things. And the body has learned how to have, I'll just say, biochemical workarounds when you don't have enough uh, K available. And it's the highest concentration of K on the market at the most uh, affordable price. Uh, well, well, before you go so, into that, uh, wh what is the what is the food source of vitamin K? Well, uh, the for K one, which is phylloquinone, the most common sources are broccoli, kale, and uh, collards, and things like that. Your your leafy greens, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Typically, when you see concentrations, it's really how many milligrams it is per quarter pound of kale. Oh, wow. So if you eat, yeah, people say, oh, well, I'm eating kale, so I'm getting K. Yeah, you're getting some of it. But what they also are not told is the bioavailability. Okay. So just because a quarter of a pound of kale, let's say, has 100 milligrams of K1 or a quarter pound of broccoli has 100 milligrams of K1. Typically, your gut only liberates about 10% of it. Oh. So they don't quite tell you that. So the gut needs yeah. all that roughage of K in order to squeeze out a little bit of it. Is that right? Right. That's called the bioavailability. If you ate, if you wanted a, uh, 100 milligrams of K1 for whatever reason, you would have to eat uh, a whole lot of broccoli to get there. Hmm. <laughs> Pounds of it. <laughs> Most of us aren't going to so, do that. So, it's, so it's, it's really not practical per se, but assuming there is K, let's say you're eating some kale and your body needs some 
menoclonones, which are variations on K1, it'll send signals to the gut bacteria to liberate MK7 or MK4, MK13, MK9 by using as a precursor the K1. Hmm. So the K1 is kind of, uh, you know, the, the base for all the other things that go on uh, because basically your small and large intestine is a fermenting factory. Oh, okay. It's all anaerobic bacteria. Okay. It's, so it's fermenting stuff. Now, in other societies, such as Japan, they have natto, which is a fermented soybean in which they get the menoclonones from there. Uh, you have the same thing in kimchi, which is a Korean fermented product. You have MKs from various hard cheeses from Holland. Mm. And you have various MKs found in properly made sausages and sauerkraut, of all okay. things. Okay. Well, sauerkraut so makes sense when you of think of kimchi of... and those things. They're, they're fermented, aren't right, they? Right, yeah. so right. Those are the MKs, and they're the fermented products of, of the base, whatever they start with. Hmm. And uh, so you have in, really one, in, in one of your products, you have added axanthinum. I'm not sure if I said it right. Astaxanthin? Yeah. That's, that's an it. antioxidant. Yeah. And it's added because when you first launched the product, I, I had kind of a, my own private focus group of two or 300 people who were uh, addressing cardiac issues. And they were looking for a simplicity of pills. In other words, they're kind of overwhelmed by how much stuff you have to take. So they said if you could have a, a cap that would have not only your K in it, but also astaxanthin, they think that would be pretty cool. So I just, and astaxanthin is an excellent antioxidant. So I just included it. Wow. And I've heard, it's I've heard, it's a what? I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a microencapsulated astaxanthin such that you don't need as much. Because oh. the regular astaxanthin that's not microencapsulated tends to get destroyed in the stomach acids, and only a little bit gets through. In, the, in a microencapsulated form, it all pretty much all gets through. Hmm. So, so are you saying it's like anyway. pre-digested? It's a little bit like kimchi in a capsule? What, the astaxanthin? Yeah, when you said it's in or a the, micro. No. Mm-hmm. It's in a microcapsule. It's mm-hmm. microencapsulated. So in other words, it, the astaxanthin is made through uh, uh, the harvesting of plankton, hmm. and then the harvested product is encapsulated so as to make it past the stomach acid so as to get into your small intestine and it can be liberated. Wow. In other words, you're getting bang for your buck. Hmm. You know? I wondered when I because saw that... so they, many things the, that... I saw that you put it into the concentrated K, and I wondered if it enhanced the concentrated K use as well, or is it just not a bit? Okay, it works. It, it just goes after the uh, the antioxidant demands in the body, and which what antioxidant really means is you're binding up typically peroxides that are generated from all sorts of different things like walking, and your knees get sore, your ankles get sore, uh, all sorts of different things that will generate a peroxide of some sort, which causes irritation and henceforth inflammation, which is basically a catch-all term. It really is, isn't it? You know, well, when we spoke the other day and we, we learned uh, a lot about how you turned your own health around by essentially, I would say it's uh, reinvigorating its natural healing growth ability. Would you put it that way? Using Mm -hmm. all these different products? Right. And that took you right. for it took you some years, didn't it? Well, it took me some years to finally have an explanation of what was happening. Okay. But uh, my initial success was I cleaned out my left man in two and a half years, which, quite frankly, that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Your left what? <laughs> that's the widowmaker. My left main artery. Oh wow! Okay. It was calcified from the wall of the heart to the branches. It had a calcium score of three hundred thirty-seven. Wow. So, not so, good. So That's this, good. Uh, w- would it be? No, it's not good. So is vitamin K really, really heart-oriented? Is that a, a thing for us to know that no, way? No, it, 
no. Vitamin K is used in a whole host of different things. Uh, there's some misinformation out there that you have to take D and K together. Uh, that's no. Just take, check your D levels and make sure you're above from what the literature appears to indicate. 60 nanograms per milliliter or higher, but don't go over a 120. You don't need to be that high. Okay. Uh, D works on about 350 different pathways. Some of them are co-pathways with K. And, you know, if you have sufficient D, you don't have to worry about it. Now, K, K1 is used in all your clotting and non-clotting factors. Both. First thing that happens is your body uses K not to clot rather than clotting and uh, then then all your clotting factors are satiated and when all your clotting factors are satiated then the k1 is transported on the ldl to all other parts of the body to be used in a whole host of different things some of it is myelin sheath formation on your nerve endings myelin sheath formation in your brain that's just k1 mk7 is used in a whole host of uh, uh, chemical reactions called uh, 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 carboxylation. Okay. And when things are carboxylated, that's just kind of a fancy term. Uh, you set the chemistry up to, to do what it's supposed to do. For instance, uh, vitamin C plus the matrix GLA proteins, which are carboxylated by the MK7, will help form elastin in your arteries, hmm. as an example. Hmm. If you don't have it carboxylated, you don't make as much elastin as what you would need to do. Hmm. Uh, the MK4s are used typically in bone formation, and along with MK7, along with C, along with D, along with insulin, along with magnesium, and Bone strength is not, surprisingly enough, is not a function of bone density. That's a misnomer. Hmm. It's it's inferred, but it's not a, a be-all and end-all because bone density or bone, bone strength or bone goodness is a function of uh, uh, connective tissue formation in the bone itself. Oh, I see. So, uh, well, let's go back for a minute. So, all the different K's are in a compound normally. Is that right? Well, in our well, your body will make the K's that it needs. Let's say the liver sees that it has plenty of MK7 coming in. Okay. But it needs some MK9, or some MK13, or some MK5. The liver will rejigger that and make what it needs. Or it'll send send signals to the gut bacteria to make what it needs, and then the body just gets what it needs. But mm -hmm. if you don't have the precursors to make what it needs, the body has all sorts of different alternative pathways that are less energy efficient, if you want to use that term. So I guess we do want to use that kind of term. Fascinating. And the energy when you say energy efficient, mm -hmm. I want to jump back into what you were saying about the bones and. When it's energy efficient, that means we have the ability to recreate whatever it is that keeps strengthening our systems, right? Yes, that's correct. And if you don't have what you need, your body has all sorts of different ways of fixing itself, all of which, which typically sacrifices you with regards to longevity or illness or something like that. Hmm. So. I love that. Sacrifices me. I don't think I want to do it that way. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, most people don't. So let's get into the bones, yeah. because the bone density is a huge problem in our society, which I gather has a lot to do with the denaturing of the food and the toxicity of the times. Is that right, would you say? Well, our diet is terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's for starters. And it, and, but it's like even the National Institute of Health has said, we're deficient in magnesium. Mm. We just are. We need a half a gram of magnesium a day as magnesium. Hmm. And that magnesium goes to forming bone and it goes to forming teeth. Mm -hmm. uh, as for calcium, unless you have somehow some way a calcium deficient diet, 
your body liberates the calcium it needs based on its own needs. So the body doesn't need to have you or me or anybody else chewing a chunk of limestone. Don't need that. <laughs> if you don't need the calcium, the body will not tell the gut bacteria to liberate it. So it's a kind of a, kind of a you, layman's explanation. Yeah, and I, I'm curious because I wondered if it was, we already spoke about the denatured food, which means we've been taking in some very crap food, really. Uh, but um, yep. so, so you're saying that the bones take what they need from a deficient calcium supply and is that ex- including magnesium wait a sec I, i'm trying to separate these things out but actually you're saying we need the magnesium for strong bones right and a bunch of other things but yeah we just plain need it yeah period <clears throat> but we don't need to have the addition so of calcium you, do, you don't have to add it because if the calcium's in your food, the body will liberate the calcium it needs. Calcium is a highly regulated chemical in your in your bloodstream. It's okay. used for basically pH control for starters. And when you give your body, it's the fancy term is exogenous calcium. In other words, you chew on some limestone. <laughs> that calcium goes into your system and your body has to do something with it. And when it does something with it, it usually does something really bad with it, like mm-hmm. put it in your pipes, mm-hmm. put it in your joints, mm-hmm. and uh, gives you kidney stones, stuff like that. So there's no real need to do that because your body will liberate what it needs. Now, magnesium, the body loves magnesium. Any excess magnesium is discharged through the kidneys without any uh, uh, negativity to the system. But what and about the fact that people get diarrhea from magnesium? Well, it depends on which form of magnesium you take. Uh, magnesium malate is about the best bowel tolerated. Okay. Uh, the least bowel tolerated is magnesium citrate. Okay. Uh, magnesium hydroxide works. Magnesium oxide has a very low bioavailability, so I wouldn't waste my time buying that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then magnesium three and eight works, but it's very expensive. Magnesium glycinate works and it's also expensive, but the most cost effective one is magnesium malate and malate. the most tolerated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, M-A-L-A-T-E. And that, and that really helps with the bones as well. But I wonder if we can jump from the bones into the teeth because I think they're related. Oh, they are. Uh, the teeth are healed from the outside in, or their the growth is based on what's in your saliva. Oh, okay. And the teeth, uh, the teeth have matrix glaw proteins in them, which are required for building teeth. Hmm. And to make, in order to make your matrix glaw protein happy, you have to carboxylate it. So you carboxylate it with MK7. You said matrix so glaw is that GLA. Yes, matrix GLA proteins. Okay. And uh, again, we could, you know, if I had a whiteboard in weeks, we could go through all of it. But anyway, yeah, so the matrix glob proteins become carboxylated. Okay. That's the start of the chemical reaction, which basically says, hey, we need some K- we need some uh, magnesium. So there's magnesium in your saliva because you've been taking proper amounts of magnesium. And then magnesium gets incorporated into the tooth. There's calcium in your serum that gets incorporated into the tooth without adding any extra. Then you have vitamin C in your saliva, which also helps kill the bacteria and helps promote tooth growth. Uh, that's, that's That's the Reader's Digest version of how that works. Mm-hmm. And when you do all of those together, you typically don't have tartar buildup on your teeth. Oh, interesting. And you end up with really good, good teeth. So what about people that have really, really weak teeth from birth on? Uh, can they restore or young adults or adults or older adults? Can they restore teeth with this kind of awareness? Uh, according to the Weston Price Foundation, yes. Uh, I have not seen any real studies done on it, 
but I, on my own studies on myself, mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little gross, but I haven't brushed my teeth in 10 years. Wow, really? And the dentist, more than one, yeah, more than one dentist I've went to has said, I'm stunned at how well you floss your teeth. I says, I haven't touched them. Wow. And I don't get cavities. Yeah. And when I told this, this one dentist, uh, uh, about what I'm doing. And she said, I always heard about it, but I never saw anybody actually do it. She says, I'm impressed. So what are uh, you I've doing exactly? That I'm... Go ahead. I'm sorry. All of concentrated K, taking the magnesium malate, eating a, a sugar-free diet for the most part, you know, 99% sugar-free. Uh, you mean food no, as well? Words, junk food. And I... Fruit as well? Oh, yeah. I, I like raspberries. Ra- yes, raspberries and blueberries. That's my preferred fruit. And then this time of year, I like pumpkin and uh, squash and uh, sweet potato. Uh, That's for the beta carotene, but I I like it. It's good for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Within moderation, of course. Uh, But yeah, uh, I take my vitamin D and I take my vitamin C. And How much vitamin C do you take? You uh, six to twelve grams a day. Oh, that's a lot. But again, vitamin C can. Well, if you look at what the Pauling Institute talks about, it's not. But like I say to people, everybody's body is different, and that's my body's right. different than yours. My gut bacteria are different than yours. Use it as a signpost or a guidepost. To say, oh, he did this. Let me experiment on my body to find out what works on me. Mm-hmm. Not saying, well, he said or she said. No, what works for you and work at it. That's taking ownership in your health. So I used to take 16, 18 grams of C a day, and I realized I didn't need that much. So I cut it back to what worked for me. Hmm. And another thing, when people take high amounts of C, it can, it can be very bowel intolerant. So oh, really? So you should take it in divided dose. Oh, God, yes. You you can have some serious outhouse opportunities <laughs> uh, if you take too much of it at once. Hmm. Because the body is not designed to handle that much at once. So the body will say, uh-oh, this is too much. Out she goes. So what you do is you sneak up on it. And I like to say to people, if you're going to do C, do it in divided doses for starters. Say uh, a gram three times a day. Okay. Just see how that goes for you. Mm-hmm. And do that for, say, a couple, three, four months. Mm-hmm. And then sl- I call it sneak up on it and eventually get up to, say, whatever works for you. And then just go from there. Again, the feedback loop is how do you feel? And the next feedback loop is do you have any bowel intolerance? And the next feedback loop is are you getting sick? If you're not getting sick, you're probably doing some pretty good things. Mm-hmm. And, so, so let me jump back you know, to teeth for a minute because this is relevant. Um, in a family, I know this family, and, and they're three kids all a year and a half apart. Two of them have great teeth. The middle kid has automatic dental cavities all the time. And no matter what she does, right? Mm-hmm. And, and can you, uh, people say, well, you're not doing the right thing, but actually the whole flossing and all that stuff is going on and all kinds of things like oil pulling and tons and tons of variety. But um, there are there certain bacterias that some people have and other people don't that create huge distress for the teeth? Is that possibly a real thing? And would vitamin C cover that if, if that you know where I'm going with all this, yeah. Right. Well, again, like I'm not a dentist nor a doctor. I'm an engineer. And I, looking I at the teeth stuff, it's uh, your mouth has bacteria in it. And those bacteria are there for a reason. And that reason is to aid in the oral health, period. And... To that end, uh, if you have one of the one of three siblings not performing well, you've, you've got to first test to see what the heck the difference is. Just test it. How do you, you know, test it? Make, what, what, well, well, if magnesium is important, 
and it is test your red blood cell magnesium. There you go. It's, easy, your, it's easy to uh, get a test like that? Blood. Right. You can order it up online. Okay. And then next thing is get yourself a vitamin K1 check. If, if your kids aren't taking any K and they're, say, teenagers, check that out and see what's going on there. Uh, it's just the simple things. Just the simple, simple, simple things. And the, primarily, as near as I can tell, it's, it's their diet mm-hmm. is, is, is what I've run into with people. I think that's interesting. The only reason I have a question, of course, I'm talking about me, is that teeth came in bad right off the bat. And uh, that wasn't, we never ate sugar, you know. And uh, my dad had the same problem and lost all of his teeth when he was young. And uh, it just seemed to run through a vein in the family. So I wondered about that. And I wondered about the vitamin C and I wondered about the vitamin K and putting all those together. Well, if your if your body is communicating with your gut bacteria, okay, and your genetic code has to do with your communication, and you've inherited some genetic code that's not exactly too practical, <laughs> you're going to probably have problems. You know, it's just it, 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 it's just how it goes, and then because everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to dial in your body for what you you're dealing with. Uh, you know, that's just so, the way so, it is. So testing the uh, magnesium or the metabolism of magnesium in in a body, it's like you're you're saying those tests will mm-hmm. really uh, give you a lot more information, right? What about getting DNA tested? Right. Well, it's always good to have your APO, your whole genetic code tested that's great i got mine checked out and i found out what where i was deficient and i was very little deficient in virtually every area so which is cool but the areas i was deficient was typically in b vitamin metabolism so i adjusted my vitamin intake to reflect on that mm-hmm. other people there there's all sorts of metabolism issues out there like with vitamin a that's quite common uh there's a few rare ones for vitamin d and do you think uh, all this metabolism just, stuff comes through the through the uh, in genetics, that sort of thing? For the most part, it does. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do anything unless your genetic code starts doing its thing. Well, that that your makes your it kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's just your genetic code does a lot of a lot of interesting things. Hmm. So you're saying that it would help to get your genes checked, or at least mine would. In, always. Yeah. Always, always get them checked. Right. Don't guess. Uh, do the blood work. For instance, start with your vitamin C levels, your red blood cell magnesium levels, your serum calcium levels, your K1 levels, if you aren't, haven't been taking a, a K supplement. Hmm. Uh, that's just a good place to start and then dial your body in from there. What about hair analysis? What do you think of that? Uh, what exactly would you be looking for? And Okay, it's a snapshot in time. Yeah, just some people. The problem will, with hair analysis. That. Well, if you've got, let's say, six inches of hair. Are you and your hair grows at a certain rate? Well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to analyze every, I don't know, one millimeter of the hair and tell you what's in there? <laughs> well, that might tell you something. But all that does is give you a snapshot into your past, but it doesn't tell you what you're doing right now. Okay. So let's move. So, I appreciate that, actually. Yeah. It is interesting. So if we go from there into uh, vitamin K and, you know, the compounds of it or the several aspects of it, what about mental health? There's so much Mm -hmm. mental health problem going on these days, and I know some of it is the nature of our society. But what do you think is, or do you know anything about vitamin K and mental health? Uh, Very, very well. 
if you want to talk about Alzheimer's, Canada, the country of Canada has done some interesting research in that area. Okay. But if you're talking about mood disorders or whatever, that's that's that appears to be oriented towards vitamin D levels. Okay. So if you want to start with vitamin D, you see the countries that don't have a lot of sunshine have their have little kids stand in front of UV lamps to get the D that they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I live in Upper Michigan, we have what's called, uh, you know, camp fever mm-hmm. because we don't see the sun six months out of the year. People get a little flaky. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Very take sad, your vitamin right? D and the flaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you're right. Seasonal affective disorder. And you get rid of seasonal affective disorder by effectively taking your vitamin D. How much? Based on the body. Mm-hmm. There, there's some studies out there how many... I usually give to little kids or whatever, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to dial your own children in based on what the available literature is and go from there. Um, uh, that's that's on the D side. On the Alzheimer's side, uh, the research out of Canada says Alzheimer's is a K1 deficiency, and they, Ferland and her organization did a detailed study on on the biochemical pathway of that, which is fascinating as hell. They first published it in 2011. And who's, and, it, and who's it by? So we can take a peek. For F E R L A N D for Ferland. Okay. And she's in Canada. And, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah. University of Montreal, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Canadian government was concerned over the high cost of Alzheimer's in their socialized medicine, which is true. It's very expensive. And they said, what's going on? Because uh, to drill down a little bit without getting into the the weeds, the APOE4 gene is implicated in uh, Alzheimer's. Okay. And people need to get their APOE gene checked. You just got to, so you know what's coming. And what Ferland and her associates found was about 10 to 20% of the people who had the APOE gene, the APOE4 gene specifically, Four gene? didn't get Alzheimer's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's called APOE. You come either as APOE223344 okay. or some combination there. And so you'd have 343242 uh, combination. And then whenever there's a four present, it's implicated in Alzheimer's. Oh, really? But the literature that was out, yeah, the literature that first came out in the late 1990s said only 10% of the population do not get affected, even if they do have the APOE4 gene, which had everybody kind of flummoxed of why not. So make a long story short, uh, Berland and her associates basically said it's a K1 intake issue. And they traced it back to the dietary intake of kale and broccoli. Wow. In age match control. Wow. Fascinating study. That's very fascinating. fascinating Hmm. Well, that's helpful information, isn't it? Right. Uh, Now the, well, let's, we can stop, we can stop right there because we can get lost in the weeds pretty quick with Mm -hmm. this, but basically just eat your, eat your broccoli is what Berlan said. (laughs) Just eat it. Call it good. Mm -hmm. That's pretty, I think it goes pretty on, interesting. Yeah, bit, but, but it, yeah, but, you know, if people are, you know, hurt for money or whatever, just, just eat a good diet. You should be okay. Wow. Because what Ferland and her associates found is there were people that didn't have the APOE4 gene, and they still got Alzheimer's. And hmm. it's like, what's different? So it can't be the gene because the gene's not there. So what else is causing that expression? And they found how the myelin is made in the brain mm-hmm. and how the K1 is carried on the LDL particle. And then the SXR enzyme grabs onto the K1 off the LDL particle, pulls it through the blood-brain barrier, rejiggers it into MK4, and makes it into a sheathing material for your neurons. Wow. Fascinating stuff. So yeah, we, uh, we, wow. live, we live and, quite an amazing machine, don't we? Oh, we do. It is just, it just is, is amazing. I did a lot of research and, on myself years ago and found aspects of B vitamins, B complex, 
really shifted my mental health radically. If I played with them like it was a, oh, yeah. a flute, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd try this and try right. that and try the other thing. Yeah. So do, do, are you a B, a B complex proponent or do you think we need that with K as well? Well, again, it's B and K don't need each other per se. Okay. But if you have a, uh, a metabolism issue like I do with uh, folic acid, I cannot metabolize folic acid. Wow. I have a genetic issue with folic acid. I never knew it. I suspected I had something wrong with fo- my folic acid. But people who don't have that gene, uh, a good multi-B vitamin is always good to take. Uh, my aunt Phyllis doesn't have the defects, so she takes uh, uh, what's called B150s. She okay. takes a couple of those a day, and then she's fine. And, wow. uh, but I need, I take a general B, I take a number of Bs individually, and then I take MTHFR, which is a... Uh, MTHFR? Uh, uh, Let me write this down. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. That's a, that's a folic acid derivative that makes my folic acid bioavailable oh, in really? layman's terms. And it's folic acid and that if could... I don't a, take, a dif- deficiency in folic acid mm-hmm. for a pregnant, pregnant woman can mean like spina bifida, bifida or that sort of thing, right? Right, right. It's it's definitely impacted that with that. So if, if you're a, a woman and you're having a baby, it's always good to have your genetic code checked out to make darn sure that your prenatal vitamins are doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So... I guess what we all have and, to have we yeah. all have to be have our own little genetic machine here. Start looking into our DNA mm-hmm. so we can do a testing, right? Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I I got my genetic defect from either my mother or my dad, and I suspect I got it from my mother because I had a sister born with spina bifida. Aha. Uh-huh. And aha. Uh-huh. My, my, my. Yeah, isn't that interesting? But so, then you say you can't handle the folic acid, so maybe in your family that would have happened, you know, anyway. Right, that's, that's the issue. That's, right, that's, that's the issue with, if my mother was not metabolizing folic acid correctly, it set my sister up for uh, spina bifida. Hmm. And in my case, uh, I was uh, heterozygous for it. And my son, Eric, as an example, and all my other kids, uh, they don't have the defect because my their, their birth mother was didn't have the defect. And the kids were born with, without worrying about it. So wow. it was pretty cool. But so what, is heter- what, is heterozy- what does heterozygos mean? Yes, it is good to check those things out. You got uh, homozygos means you got both of them, both hmm. of the bad ones. Say, let's say APOE 4-4. You're homozygous for uh, APOE. Heterozygous means you've got uh, one of the two. And that just means you got half the problem. Hmm. <laughs> That's a layman's way of putting it. But hmm. uh, but yeah, but in a case like, you know, in a case of folic acid, uh, it makes a difference in how you metabolize, as an example, alcohol and alcohol-related products. It makes it makes a difference in how, how your overall well-being is. Hmm. So, That's which gets so back to your point of mental health. If you get your B vitamins right, you, you're when you feel good, you feel good. Yeah, you know what you're doing. But also vitamin C, you need that for that as well, right? Not necessarily. Depends because who you then are. you got to loop back and what are you getting in your what are you getting in your diet? And you, or do you take exogenous vitamin C? Uh, vitamin C, it's basically a function function if you take too much your body gets rid of it and just go from there so much like k i like to flood my body with c and flood my body with k and flood my body with magnesium because i know no matter what happens i'm going to be in good shape within reason of course but mm-hmm. that's what i do wow i'll bet you you're never going to stop researching or have you gotten bored with it yet no i still do uh two to three hours a day and what are you after now? I mean, you've really filled us in with so much information, but I know that's just probably the 
the head of a pin compared to what you're learning about. Can you tell us what you're headed toward or what you're trying to teach yourself right now? Uh, the, just the big thing is just keeping up with the literature and making sure the website k-vitamins.com is got all the clearinghouse information. It's basically clearinghouse for all the peer-reviewed literature. Mm -hmm. We just came across another really good peer-reviewed article on reversing heart disease with a combination of MK7, magnesium, and D, and where they, they studied an individual and uh, reversed his heart disease over a period, I think, of one year. Oh, wow. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. So it, it validated what I've been saying and seeing. Wow. Um, and you do, uh, you do uh, appointments with people if, you, if people want help from you, right? No. Just call me up in the night. I don't charge any. It's, I'm just an engineer. I just shoot the breeze. But you know what? <laughs> You're really, you really are empowering. I just want you to know that. You make me feel well, like a lot well, more you. of it. We're all in this mess together. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate yeah. it. So I, had, I, I, had, I had a guy that called me up. Uh, I'll just call him Mark. Mm -hmm. Mark called me up. He was all kind of nerved up. He's got three kids, 53 years old. Got a stint. He was at one time a world-class athlete. He's all whatever. And his doctor told him, his MD said, your thyroid's low. So he told him to take a holistic thyroid. Okay? Mm -hmm. Turns out the doctor told him to take a thyroid that had no free T4 or free T3 in it. The oh, you're kidding. The doctor didn't even know it. So for a couple of years, no, he didn't even know he wasn't taking even the right stuff. Hmm. So him and I were just shooting the breeze, and one thing leads to another, and he got up with another doctor, and that other doctor said, wow, you're right. He needed to do this other one. So he did the other one, and now he's, now he's a happy camper, and he's wow. dialing his body in. Wow. Yeah, so there's there's, there's a lot of, you know, I, I, I like to say I get I, I coach people on how to put air in their tires and then mm -hmm. take it from there because you got to dial your own body in. You just have to. And it's and most people want somebody else to help them or at least to do it for them and it, that never works out. No, you need you, reflection you though. It but you do need reflection right. sometimes, right? Right. Uh, right. That's where people like yourself and your and and your in your podcast and stuff like that are important for people to give them hope and give them uh, the power that yes I can change and yes I can be in control and yes I can get healthy. It's right. very important. Yeah, that's great. Also, I like uh, you were talking about the thyroid. That's a really big issue in the society too, and can affect mental health. Can affect oh all kinds of metabolism, right? Does, oh, God, yeah. does oh, K God. help that? Does it support yeah. that? No. Okay. No, nope, not a bit. Okay, so that's another nope, but, uh, That's another discussion. Yeah, and, and again, uh, <laughs> that's another discussion. And, and people will say, well, you got to take iodine. Well, tell you something about iodine. Iodine's a heavy metal, so you got to really watch yourself. Like I tell people who have thyroid issues, get your iodine checked. When you get your thyroid checked, get your free T3, free, free T4 checked, get your iodine checked, get your TSH checked, and then go from there. And if you're deficient in iodine, sneak up on getting your iodine levels up. Hmm. Don't jump on it real quick because your iodine, the iodine, if you take too much of it, will shut your thyroid off. Mm -hmm. So That's pretty scary. Up, That's you know, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I said, I approach this as an engineer, a chemical engineer, and I'm going, really? We're making this chemical soup for your body, and we just think this might work? Mm -hmm. Where I come from, you don't think it might work. You better understand what you're trying to do and what are the implications. So be cautious, but be deliberate. Well, I think that you are absolutely a gift to the world in a lot of ways. And I, I know that you're helping a lot of us take a look at ourselves and get better questions for ourselves, right? And I think absolutely. this whole absolutely. thing about having a genetic testing system at home, are they making little home machines for that yet? 
not yet. So uh, you can get your genetic code. You know, you spit in the tube. Six weeks later, they give you genetic code back. Like the example 23andMe. I don't, okay. you know, they're just one of many people that can do it. Mm-hmm. And then you get your code and then you send it to a, a company. And there's plenty of companies that do this too. But this is the one that I used. Mm-hmm. It's called Prometheus. What is it and called? Prometheus? Prometheus? Like the, the great uh, god? Prom- yeah. The, yeah, the great god. And then Prometheus will then do a thorough deep dive into all of your genetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, give you a report back. Now, some some of the cocky or kooky arguments are, well, you, it'll cause you to be undue worried. Well, it didn't cause me to be undue worried. It caused me, gave me great relief. Now I know what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was really funny was my four kids all had this done. They all had their Prometheus done. And they all looked at mine and I looked at theirs and they said, Dad, you're terrible. You're falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that true or did you know, they, they, like, they didn't have they just gave me a jab, you know, it's just, I had all of these B metabolism issues that they just didn't have. <laughs> and, uh, they loved it, but, it, but it's kind of fun. Be- <laughs> they loved it. They loved it. It's like, you know, it's like if my son, Eric says to me, dad, you really suck. <laughs> I didn't do this. There's nothing like having children to keep you straight in the world. Right. <laughs> oh, my. right. Especially when, all four of them know science pretty well, and it, you know, but but it gave them a tremendous sense of relief and uh, confidence. They know they don't have to have that little nagging thing in the back of their mind going, "Oh, wonder if, I wonder if, I wonder, I wonder if. if." Well, now they know. So they don't have the right. folic acid. Now they thing. know. What about like if you if you find out? Right, they and, don't. And then I have to end this, but I almost don't want to. But if you find out you have the gene for Alzheimer's, you then can take action. I don't. Not not you, but I mean general. Gen- according to according to Furland, mm-hmm. in theory, if you keep your K one levels reasonable, okay. again, don't go nuts. It's like not take. It's like uh, going to your tractor supply store and. And, and buying ivermectin for horses, and then you take the whole tube. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> just, just dial your body in, okay? Okay. Don't don't go to your local aquarium dealer and get your hydroxychloroquine and drink it. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> I guess most people no. wouldn't, right? Okay. Uh, well, people are people, and you never know what the human condition will come up with, but within reason. You know, get up with a good holistic MD or a good naturopath and have them coach you. Yeah. And you will get such great results. And one of the things I've learned from you is test, test, test. Get a lot of tests done along the way, right? Absolutely. You can't test enough. I had this one lady in in, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. She says, well, that test costs a lot of money. I says, well, (laughs) what's it cost if you have a heart attack? Exactly. Yeah. A, you know, you know, really, it's just, uh, it's like saying, "Gee, I got to put a quart of oil in my car." Well, yeah. What if? What? What's the cost of your engine if you don't put it? You know, <laughs> you know just. You got to think you know, about that. Duh. Wow. Well, yeah. Put air. I, I, like I said to people, put air in your tires before you go on a trip. Do that first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what testing is. It's putting air in your tires. Oh, I really <laughs> appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got Prometheus Lab yeah. pulled up on my uh, computer here, but I, uh, mm-hmm. I just want to really honor you and the wonderful work you're doing, and I hope we can talk again because I'm going to have more questions. Yep. <laughs> and so this is. Patrick Toit of Concentrated K, and Concentrated starts with a K. I mean, a capital K, right? Right. Right. And the website is K, the letter K, and a dash. Okay. Vitamins, that's pluralized, k-vitamins.com. And you can always send us emails for questions and things like that. We will answer them as an engineer and help give you guidance. But uh, 
rule of thumb is go find yourself a good holistic MD, a good holistic naturopath, and work with them. Let them be your health coach. That's, a, that's my advice to everybody. And you know that funny line that people say, it's not all about you, you know. I go, and actually remember, it's all about you. You got to go and explore how you work, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's, it truly is all about you because everybody is truly unique. I love this. Really unique. Patrick, you've been great. Mm -hmm. And thank you for spending the time with me oh. and my listeners. And, and this is Veronica yep. Antwistle saying thank you so much for listening to Paradigm Shifters. And I hope you have gained as much as I have from listening to Patrick and his shifting his own paradigm about health and yours too. Bye, everyone. Thank you.